welcome back to Simmering Thoughts, where we serve up slow-cooked thinking on Christian life and theology. I'm the host, Ryan Akers, and I want to thank you for listening to this program. This season on Simmering Thoughts, we are looking at discipleship. Specifically, we're looking at how the book of James helps guide someone on a discipleship journey. How are we shaped by the text? How does the text challenge us and move us forward toward growth in Christ? So sit back, settle in, and enjoy this episode of Simmering Thoughts. That's right. Welcome back to Simmering Thoughts. I am the host, Ryan Akers, and we are still in our series on discipleship in the book of James. Uh, and my guest today is Eric Sherwood. He is joining us. Uh, I can't remember where you are right now. I'm in Gore Springs, Mississippi. It's right in between Memphis, Tennessee and Jackson, Mississippi. So, All right, there we go. Uh, I could not remember. I knew you were in the South somewhere, but I couldn't place it for whatever reason. Anyway, uh, so Eric, go ahead and introduce yourself just a little bit further. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My name is Eric Sherwood, as you said. I'm the lead pastor of Gore Springs Baptist Church. I came here right at the beginning of 2021, so I'm just starting up my third year of uh, senior ministry here. I've been married for 13 years, got three kids, and we are off to the races. Off to the races, especially with three kids. I've got one and he keeps us hopping. So, uh, well, congratulations on the 13 years. So that's pretty cool. Uh, well, we are, we are, as I said earlier, continuing in on the book of James and we are picking up the end of chapter one today. So we're going to start with verse 19, uh, and finish off the chapter from there. And in the CSB, it reads, my dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, humbly receive the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks he's religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And as I started that, I was reminded of the initial draft edition of the title for Simmering Thoughts. It was a, it was originally going to be slow to speak. And I decided to not take that. And uh, because actually it was, we going to be quick to listen. I was what I was going to with, with that verse quick to listen is where I was looking And uh, then I went to slow to speak and I didn't like either one of those. I thought simmering thoughts covered a little bit better, Uh, but that's the, that's the idea really behind the whole podcast is that we're to be uh, quick to listen to others. And I try to do a lot more listening than speaking (laughs) in an episode. I don't always succeed. Uh, (laughs) But uh, so as we're looking at this with discipleship in mind, 
uh, I guess just a, a, an initial overview, maybe an initial uh, thing that stands out to you. How does this direct us toward discipleship? Yeah, and just a quick callback. Um, if the listeners want to go back and listen to your first episode of Simmering <laughs> Thoughts, you guys really hit this hard. Um, it was all about this passage. I thought it was really great to listen through. Um, but this, I mean, really this passage here, it's essentially the entire discipleship process. If we would get this, um, if we would listen to what God says and then go do it, that's, that is Christ likeness right mm. there. And so this is such a huge part of discipleship. And I was, as I was reading through this, there's all sorts of implicit commands and uh, things in here, but there's really two implicit or explicit commands in this passage it's the first one's in uh, verse 21 where it says humbly receive the implanted word and then right after it follows up but be doers of the word and not hearers only we this part of the discipleship process which is receiving the word um i think especially in the united states we have so much access to the word we've got 13 bibles scattered around our house it's on our phone um, I've got 13 you know, Bibles on my most phone. Of, most of, <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, Logos, there's 900 exactly. different uh, versions <laughs> of the Bible translations, right? Um, and so we've got such access to the word. But yep. James says here, but if if we're hearing it, but not doing it, we've missed the point of hearing it. We We haven't really heard it, in fact, is what he says, if we're not doing what it says so that's that's the that's the real step into discipleship is is going to do and not just here in this passage i guess one of the things that uh catches my eye with that is that 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 word is the thing that's able to save us and as we realize that that word is the thing that's able to save us that should be the thing that 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 kicks in the transmission that should be the engine and the transmission to get this stuff to the wheels for us to actually do is because this is, this is the word that saves. And as the word is able to save us, it will shape us as well. Uh, and then that, that idea of hearing, I I'm teaching a psychology class right now in, at our school, which is not my uh, area. Okay. So I'm out of area teaching psychology. <laughs> It was not one of my better classes, uh, but I have at least enough of an understanding to teach a, an introductory high school class, right? Well, and one of the uh, little sidelights in the book, it's not an actual um, concept that they're having to do much with, but they're in the process of dealing with sensory and how we uh, perceive things, they actually highlight a guy who could look in the mirror and not recognize who he was, he could look at you three times in a row and wouldn't ever recognize you because that part of his brain didn't function correctly. And he had to go through, I cannot imagine trying to go through life, not being able to recognize people. I mean, as a pastor, that would be impossible to not be able to recognize people because that's, oh, yeah. you know, you'd be fired you'd, within a month. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I struggle with names, but I at least can remember conversations and little yeah, things. You know who you there, are, right? right? I can, yeah. I can place um, you somewhere. Right. I love that example that that James gives of looking in the mirror and, and not recognizing yourself or not remembering yourself. Um, and we can kind of take that two ways. We are, um, when we look at God's word, 
I think our default is to just glance at it, right? And and just mm. here's my five minute daily bread, or I'm going to look through this open window. There's nothing wrong with daily devotionals. You know, I do table talk every day. I read yeah. table talks daily devotional. Um, but there's something about digging into the word and just letting it uh, percolate there for a while. I think if James were writing this today, he might use this example of um, a person who's a hearer of the word and not a doer is like the person who takes the phone out of their pocket and looks at what time it is and then immediately puts it back and forgets what time it is. <laughs> you just glance and you're kind of, you're, you're doing all sorts of other stuff. It didn't register in your head, but when you sit there and really think about it and dwell on the words, that's what brings in that heart change that mm-hmm. he's going to talk about, uh, talk about later with uh, pure and undefiled religion. Yeah. I thought for a minute there, you were about to say that uh, it's like the person who makes, makes Keurig coffee and thinks it's real coffee. So, (laughs) (laughs) but also fair, also true. As as someone who uses a Keurig Um, in the afternoons, I I can say that I do that and it's not quite as good. It just isn't the same as the French press first thing in the morning, because it's had that time to mature and develop uh, the flavor. And it, that that's very much the way we're supposed to dwell on the word and not just hear it. And that's the, the dwell on is that, is that part where it really gets into us. Um, the dwelling on the word is how we get the word. What, what's the phrase Paul uses that we work out our, our salvation. You know, mm-hmm. as we're dwelling on the word, it works yeah. out into us. Exactly. We work out what God works in to mm-hmm. us through his word. Um, and you know, uh, you've mentioned coffee, but really tea is a great example of, this. Oh yeah. You can have- oh yeah. If you dunk a tea bag into a cup of hot water just once and then throw it out, it's technically tea, right? Like it, some <laughs> of that got in there. But if you dunk it over and let it sit for a while, all of those flavors are going to go in there. You're going to have a real cup of tea. And that's what we're doing with the word is letting it soak into us. Mm. I like that. I needed to sit with that one just a minute and let mm-hmm. it soak in. Uh I guess you, you, we could go to all sorts of different analogies with that one. I'll be good. And we'll, we'll, we'll slide on past some of the ones that are in my head. I'm thinking of marinating a nice steak and things like that. Uh, oh, that's <laughs> so, delicious. You know, it's the way to do, uh, but you know, that's, it's very much um, is, is part of the discipleship process. And this is the part of uh, in a lot of ways is a part of the discipleship process and that uh, we can do almost on our own. We don't necessarily have to do this walking with somebody else. Uh, that's one of the things I really like about how James approaches is it is something that you can do some of this part on your own without having to have someone walk along with you. It is going to be better if you're walking with somebody through the word, if you're taking that time to dwell on the word and then converse with another believer about it. But for somebody who's isolated, and that's one of the audiences I have in my head, is somebody who doesn't have that discipleship relationship, um, is how is it that they can grow uh, even without having had that mentor type person? That that really is, you're right. Um, And one of the ways of Bible intake, I'll never forget this when I was in seminary, my spiritual disciplines class, I had Dr. Don Whitney who wrote, you know, the incredible book, he wrote uh, Spiritual the book. Disciplines for the Christian Life. <laughs> he literally wrote the book on spiritual disciplines. Um, but uh, almost every class, but particularly the ones about Babylon Tech, he had this analogy. And I think he stole it maybe from the Navigators, 
but he said there are five levels of Bible intake and he would start with his thumb and count down and try to work into a fist to show that he really grasped it. Um, but it was hearing the word, reading the word, studying the word, memorizing the word, and then meditating on the word. And you can do all of those. All of those can be done individually right there. It's good to do it with, uh, uh, someone in your church, your local church to bounce ideas off of and, and hold each one, each other accountable to the things that we're doing and that you're learning, but they can be done individually. And memorization is such a huge part in that, particularly when James says in verse 25, the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it. Uh, memorization is really a great tool for persevering in uh, doing the word. Um, about 10 years ago, I was reading, Andy Davis wrote a little booklet about memorizing big chunks of scripture. And I prayed through it and um, I decided that I wanted to memorize the book of James. And so I did. At, at that point, I had memorized the entire book of James. Don't ask me to quote it now because it's been <laughs> 10 years. But um, I was over and over, I was surprised at how many situations I came to where I could say, wow, James pretty clearly speaks to this situation in chapter three or chapter four. And it was because it was in my head. And it, it wasn't, you know, that adage of every problem looks like a nail if you have a hammer. I wasn't just trying to force James into anything. But it really is that the word is living and active. And when it's in us, it, it, it applies itself in our lives to everything that's going on. Um, so I would absolutely commend uh, scripture memorization uh, for mm -hmm. anybody. It is such a useful tool in discipleship to have it ready there. I mean, like I said, we said a minute ago, we have the word on our phones. Um, we have plenty of copies of the Bible, but there's something about it being right there in that moment. It's in your head your brain works infinitely faster than any cell phone can. So, Which is remarkable uh, considering the cell phone. Right. Right. Uh, but, my brain works but, sometimes too fast and I get into end up places faster than I know how I got there, <laughs> which is troublesome sometimes. Uh, You're not you really me, sure. How did I go? <laughs> uh, but one of the things that, that right. stands out to me in this passage isn't that it, we're supposed to receive the word through reading it. We're supposed to intake it that way. But I think one of the things that sometimes we miss, and this is where discipleship in, in groups is the big thing, is that we're to hear each other speaking the word back and forth. That, that you know, if you think about, I think it's in Colossians, that we let the word dwell richly within and that we uh, speak to each other with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Well, part of that is reciting scripture back and forth. Uh, and as we... Mm -hmm as we dwell on the word and share it just like what we're doing here on the, on, on a recording of a podcast, it's I've always in energized, always edified to have a conversation about God's word with somebody else. And, you know, yeah. it pumps me up. I, I get, you know, I'm at the end of a school day. I just finished half an hour ago. I've had enough time to clear my head a little bit and we start recording and I'm more energetic right now than I have been all day because it excites me to get into the word and to hear it and to, to dwell on it. Like we were saying, and that ability to speak it back and forth. And sometimes that is in the form of hearing a sermon. Sometimes it's in the form of hearing a Bible study or a Sunday school class or something like that. Mm -hmm. But when we get those daily conversations going, uh, the more we can talk scripture with each other, uh, the better it's going to get down into us. 
Yeah, for sure. And it, it shouldn't be lost on us that, I mean, you're right, that reading the word is really important, but James is talking about hearers. For most of James's uh, listeners, they wouldn't have been able to read this letter. Um, right. They were probably, at least functionally, illiterate. Um, and so hearing the word really is effective. Um, so it, it, it is good just to hear um even an audiobook of the bible is really uh is really an effective tool as well and you'll hear it differently when it's in somebody else's voice than when it's in your own voice uh the the word deepens yeah, sometimes sure. so certain things you know the way we just you know i have a certain inflection and i i'm trained in how to read a text out loud i'm trained in being on stage a little bit and so you know i understand how to change the inflection and change the meaning i do that regularly right. as a musician that's one of our stocks in trade is to be able to to practice a phrase and get the flow that really makes it work and so as i read i've always got that inflection in there but sometimes i have to stop and re redo that and it changes how i hear it and, and allows me to hear the depth a little bit better that's one of the reasons I like reading multiple translations when I'm preparing uh, is because it, it forces me to hear it differently than how I myself right. am reading what I'm used to. Uh, I was also thinking mm -hmm. about the uh, passage in Romans uh, that how are they going to believe unless they hear? And, and yeah. you know, again, that's that same idea of, of needing to hear the word. And I guess the, the, this particular passage uh, there is a bit of a barb in it in that, that, there's a catch up here where he tells us to control our tongue, you know, those who think they're religious. And that's a whole episode coming in a few chapters where he really deals with that in depth, but it's the same time it's here as well, right along with us hearing the word is that we have to control our tongue at the same time. And I find that interplay between hearing and speaking um, that he has those so closely entwined uh, is an interesting thing. Yeah, I imagine that he's thinking back to what his brother said. You know, James had a pretty, pretty famous brother, um, Jesus himself. And he was when he's writing this, he's probably thinking about what Jesus said. Um, that out of out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Like what's what comes out of our tongue is what's in our heart. And so yeah. he's going here, like, if the word, if you were really in taking the word it's going to change your heart and therefore your mouth will speak different things. Um, if the word, if the word is not changing our tongue, then that's pretty much evidence that it's not changing our hearts. And that's pretty good indication that we haven't humbly received it as well. Uh, and it, right. it even sets off the uh, you know, what seems like a non sequitur we're going from, if you think you're religious but you don't control your tongue. And then we talk about what pure and undefiled religion is in the next breath is how we deal with mm -hmm. widows and orphans. It, it, as you first read that, it feels like a bit of a non sequitur. How did we get here right. from there? But there's that connection. If it's not changing, you know, your, your tongue is, is a, uh, uh, Oh goodness. Why, why am I losing the term right here? Diagnostic tool. The tongue is a diagnostic tool to understand what's happening in your heart. And so yeah, is absolutely. how you are treating widows and orphans and those who are in distress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the word affects our head, our heart and our hands. Uh, yeah. We have to intake it into our head. It changes our hearts. And then as our hearts change, our, our mouth and our hands uh, 
the actions of those change as well. So I guess a, a question that I would ask is, uh, and this is one that it, it feels like it's kind of repeating, but I'm hoping that it isn't. And that is as we, as you're in discipling others, you know, you're a pastor, you're involved in your church locally, uh, you've been involved for a while. How is it that you use passages, either this passage or other passages that are parallel with it uh, in a discipleship moment? What does the application of it look like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as a, as a church body, I'm trying to make sure that we're engaging with the scripture regularly. Uh, we are a very rural population, um, not a lot of readers in our church. And that's, that's something that I've had to adjust my expectations with, um, cause I'm very much a reader. I love it. Um, yeah. grew up in a church that, uh, that was at least had other readers that I could kind of engage with. But the truth is here, um, I've got to be really, really selective with what I suggest that they read. Cause you might only get one book yeah. a year out of some of these people. And so when I do that, I want to make sure that it's scripture. Like that's got to be priority number one. And so, and also thinking about, you know, the, them not being readers, the hearing part really does come into play. So like in our church services, I've really ramped up how much scripture we have into it. And so part of our liturgy, we read aloud at least three pieces of scripture every week. Um, mm -hmm. I usually start the service with a Psalm and, uh, and then whatever, you know, of course, whatever text I'm preaching, we'll read through that. And then usually I'll have, uh, the person that's reading a separate portion of scripture. I'll have them be in the opposite Testament of what I'm mm -hmm. preaching. Um, and I found the, uh, the revised common lectionary has been really helpful in that because I can find quickly pieces of scripture that work together. Like, um, huh. you know, I'm, I'm starting a series or we're going through John. And so I'm starting John six this Sunday. And so I'll just go to the, the lectionary and see where John six comes up in the new, in the gospels reading. Mm -hmm. And then I automatically I've got there an old Testament reading and a new Testament reading that pair up uh, with that. And so that's been really helpful. We've also uh, we do corporate Bible reading together, like a Bible reading plan. Um, and I found that more effective than say, uh, let's read through the Bible in a year type thing or read through the New Testament in a year. I will pick maybe a book or a couple of letters and we'll read those together for four to six weeks and then take a little bit of a break mm. and then come back in, you know, two weeks after that and do another six week thing that just provides more on ramps to corporate scripture reading and collective scripture reading. And, um, you know, everybody has had the experience when you're reading through the Bible in the year and February 13th comes and you're <laughs> already six days behind. You're like, ah, guess I'm done with that this year. Yeah. Um, and so doing that in short bursts has really been effective. I've gotten a lot of feedback from our people that it's easier for them to engage in those little short bits. Um, that's and, kinda, you know, eventually we'll get to Leviticus, eventually yep. we'll get to Deuteronomy, but I've chosen really poignant books, particularly the letters and the gospels and things like that. To, well, even then you can, out with. you can kind of target parts of Leviticus and Deuteronomy that parallel yeah. something, you know, you kind of pair it with something else to where you can take it in bites mm -hmm. instead of a whole chunk. Uh, yeah, one absolutely. of the things I, I use a similar strategy in terms of getting through 
uh, and to, to keep myself on, on task for the month. Uh, so this year, basically I decided that I'm going to work through in the new Testament at the first of the month, whatever the month is, I start one of the long books. And so we're in April now. So I'm in the book of John. Today's the 11th. I read the 11th chapter today. If I miss a day, I can either make it up on the weekend or I can just skip it and move ahead. And that's okay. Uh, I, yeah, it is okay. I'm lucky to have a schedule where I can not worry about missing because I'm able to get up and, and I have that routine every day right now. Didn't, right. 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. I was reading at night and I might miss two or three days because of, of band directing life. And so a little bit difficult. Uh, and then I, yes. I also have been reading a Psalm a day. And so that helps. And so, you know, what do I do? John doesn't have 30 uh, chapters to it. So what do I do at the end of the month? Okay. I've got so many days. Hey, look, Colossians is only four chapters. And so I can knock that out yeah. in, in a couple of days or fill in with some of the small letters. And I'm doing the same thing as I look at the old Testament, I'll do a similar process with that to where I can get myself through and see that small, ch I only need to get this many and then I'm there. Mm -hmm. And that it allows you to build momentum. Uh, and so often with learning, when we can build that momentum early, and you can kind of feel like you've got some success. It makes it so much easier to keep going. Uh, that's uh, why Genesis sure. and Leviticus are so hard. Uh, Genesis, just because there's some difficult topics going on. Uh, mm -hmm. We had yeah. uh, one of the the folks that's in my small group here uh, was reading, trying to do the Bible in a year plan. She decided that it was going to be the Bible in three years plan. She might be to four years by now, but uh, <laughs> she really struggled getting through much of Genesis because each little scene was so that had some stuff that she wasn't prepared mentally to deal with. And she had to work herself through that. Plus she's got a, a, a toddler at home and that adjusts life a little bit as well. Uh, and so how, yeah. how we intake the word is different. And that's one of the things we probably should talk about is different at different stages of life. Uh, I know, mm -hmm. you know, how I'm, how I'm reading scripture differently now at almost 46 compared to 26 uh, there's a significant growth that's happened in that time. And we're supposed to expect that. Right. Um, yeah. And John, even in his uh, letters, talks about how we engage with scripture. You know, fathers, I commend you for this. Young men, I commend you for this. Like we go through different stages in life and engage with the scriptures differently. Um, you know, I think for me, the biggest difference in the past three or four years has been the two major things that happened is that we've uh, had kids and yep. I moved into a senior pastor role for the first time. I was a children's pastor, uh, for a while, a discipleship pastor for a little bit. Um, and so, but engaging, engaging the scriptures as a senior pastor is in some ways easier. Like it's part of my job to just yeah. be in scripture. That's, um, uh, that's just part of it, but there's also a real temptation to, just particularly when it gets busy, if, you know, you got three funerals one week and somebody else is sick and your kids thrown up or whatever, it's easy to just engage with the scripture that you're preaching that week. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like we ought to be engaging with the scripture that we're preaching that week, but there's uh, the devotional time in scripture. It's uh, we don't want to lose that. Um, and kids of course are, are different as well. You know, when I was in seminary for half of the time I was in seminary, we didn't have a kid we adopted our first child uh, when I had about two years left in seminary. And so that, that completely changed the yeah. way that I was able to engage with scripture and the time that you had. And it's, it's, 
not easy, but some of the advice is just, you just got to buckle down and do it. You just got to carve out some time um, and make it, make it a priority to do that because it, you know, if, if you want to be blessed, the person will be blessed in what he wants. This person will be blessed in what he does. The person who intakes the word and then goes out and does it. Um, yeah. And that, that blessing is, uh, it's so often we deal with, you know, that, that we, we do our things because of the blessings that we've already been given. And this is one mm-hmm. where there's a promised blessing uh, so almost a double blessing. You have the blessings that get yeah. you to the scripture in the first place, but then there's the extra blessing. Uh, and, and that shows up in decision-making. It shows up in relationships. It shows up in uh, how you do your work. Um, you know, when the word is in you, it changes the way you speak. We've already talked about that. And so it naturally is going to work itself into relationships. It's going to naturally work itself into the workplace. It's going to naturally become part of your daily, uh, your daily life outside of just the time where you have the Bible open in front of your nose. Uh, I use this and mentioned it in one of the other episodes, but uh, you know, there's the, the quote, and I think it was Spurgeon and I probably should look it up before I use it again, but I won't, <laughs> but uh, the, the line where, you know, you cut that guy open and he bleeds Bible. You know, that's, that's. Oh yeah. Really that, a, so that was Spurgeon. It was, it was Spurgeon. Spurgeon. I thought John it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was talking about John uh, and so, you know, when, when that's the, the, the line that can be used about you, you've clearly received humbly the word because you're not one, you're not hammering people with it because that's not something you say to somebody who's being rude with the Bible, but that's somebody who has humbly right. received it and, and it has altered them in such a profound way. Um, what a, what a testimony of someone that they bleed Bible, you know? Yeah, uh, we, we would all pray to be that person. For yeah, sure. yeah, that would be a goal. And I guess that's a great question. Uh, you, you mentioned the word pray, and that's one of the questions on my list over here. Uh, so what would somebody who's maybe struggling with this particular thing, how would uh, their prayer life, what would be something they can look to in prayer, something they can do in that realm uh, that would impact how they are able to deal with growing in discipleship in this way? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say two things specifically to pray for, and it's things that James calls out here. Um, He says, humbly receive the implanted word. First, I would pray for humility and how we engage the word. Uh, We can't, when we're coming to the word, we cannot immediately, even though sometimes this is our natural reaction, to justify inaction or to justify saying, oh, that's not applicable to me. He's talking about somebody else. Um, I've heard over and over, and I'm sure you have uh, sermons about uh, Jesus and the rich young ruler when he tells the rich young ruler, go and sell everything you have and follow me. And immediately the pastoral follow-up, Jesus didn't really mean for him to go sell everything. He really just went, but, but why? Why Why do we immediately jump to that? Prophets right. and judges, their job was to tear down idols. And Jesus was being a prophet and a judge right there. He was tearing down that idol, the idol in that young man's heart. And so don't immediately jump to, that's not for me. Pray for humility when we're engaging the word. Um, And then secondly, I would say, pray for perseverance, as he says in verse 25. Uh, You know, we're recording this just days after Easter. And so the resurrection is in our heads. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, I think it's the last verse of that uh, chapter. 
he says, be steadfast, therefore, talking about the resurrection, because Jesus has defeated sin and death, therefore be steadfast, always excelling in the Lord's work. Uh, pray for perseverance and reflect upon the fact that Jesus is alive. And because of that, because of the resurrection, because Jesus is alive, that is proof that God is for you and he is behind you in your action. So pray through that. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're considering, if, if the word is calling you to be a missionary or to consider preaching or to do what you can about sexual abuse or anything like that, go do it because God is behind you in that. Uh, R.C. Sproul said right now counts forever. And what he means is the, the work that we do now, the, the seeds that we plant right now will flower and bloom even in the age to come. We may not see it now. We might, God might bless us in what we see in the fruit of our work right now, but it will count forever. So pray for that perseverance because it's hard work to do the work of the Lord. There's a reason that Paul said for this, I toil Mm -hmm. with all of God's energy that he powerfully works within me doing the work of ministry is difficult stuff, but God promises to bless it. Like uh, James says here is blessed in what he does or what uh, David wrote in Psalm one, that the person who meditates on God's mm -hmm. law is the tree firm of God and, and everything he does, he'll prosper. Um, it doesn't say that the work will prosper, but it does say that he will prosper when yes. he does the work by meditating on the word. So pray I, for humility, pray for patience yeah, or, or perseverance in, in that. I'd throw in one other thing, and that's to pray for wisdom as you read, which I'm just going to steal right from the beginning of chapter one here, uh, that as you come right, in, yeah. just, just as you pray for wisdom, also pray for uh, humility and also pray for that perseverance. Those are the, those are the words James is using in the context. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, that, can shape our prayers in so many good ways and allows us to put before God, what's really our problem uh, and allows him to work. And that's, that's now we're aware of those things as we're reading the word and that's where he works through us uh, and in us so often. Uh, and I think that's a great Definitely. place for us to go ahead and put the, put the end of the episode right there. Uh, that, that as we seek the Lord in his word, we, we have to do so prayerfully. And uh, so with that in mind, yeah. I want to say, Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's been a great, great fun to have you on. And I've really enjoyed talking about God's word with you. Uh, hopefully our listeners have been edified as well and that they will uh, hear this and that it will spur them on to, to dig into the word deeper. Uh, and we want to encourage you to do that this week. Uh, and so until we see you next time again, uh, this is Simmering Thoughts. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Simmering Thoughts. You can find us online with your favorite social media at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also email us at simmeringthoughts at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these episodes. With that in mind, if you enjoyed what you heard, please go to your favorite podcast catcher and like and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.